everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles framework. For today's episode, I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, my colleague, Dee Dee Ashby. We are thrilled that Didi joined the Studer Education team about a year ago. Didi recently attended the National Association of School Resource Officers 32nd Annual School Safety Conference. At the conference, school resource officers from around the country received training, while leaders in education also attended, focused on how we can keep our schools safe. With the tragic events we've seen recently unfold, safety is front and center right now for students and families and schools. Today, I'm looking forward to Didi sharing with us her takeaways from the conference as we also discuss the big question of how do we address school safety? Didi, welcome to our show today. Glad to have you with us. Thank you, Janet. It is great to be here, and I so appreciate the opportunity. So timely, Didi, this topic and um, so many questions that are out there. So, you know, as we start, would you tell us a little bit about your experience at the conference um, as well as why you wanted to attend? I know we had a discussion about it, but I'd love to hear, you know, what what really drove you to attend this conference? Well, first, let me say thank you to you, Janet, and to Huron Studer Education for providing me the opportunity to do this. Uh, While I was superintendent for five years, this was a huge focus for me. Um, And in our district, we had 14 campuses, and we were very fortunate that we were able to staff 13 school resource officers, which is uncommon to have that many. Uh, And that is because we had a great partnership with our um, county and city officials the uh, sheriff's department, and then also the city police department. And through that, we were able to secure some grants. And so as a school district, we only had to fund half of those school resource officers and the other half were funded either through grants or through city and county government. It was because of that collaboration uh, that many other districts and even some state officials reached out to us about our model. So I also served on several um, safety uh, boards uh, in our state, but when COVID hit, uh, I was not able to attend, obviously, uh, the national conferences. So after the recent occurrence that we have seen, um, I just felt like it was time for me to become more up-to-date again on national trends because I've had quite a few partners that have asked me questions, especially as they're developing their strategic plan about safety pillars. And so uh, by attending the conference, I was able to hear uh, national speakers and network with uh, the school resource officers and learn about things that are going on in other states and how they approach school safety. Uh, That's it. I can't imagine the experience that you had and probably as deep of conversations as you've ever had at those conferences, um, Didi, uh, just incredible, incredible work to do uh, ahead. So what do the schools and school districts and colleges um, represent in our communities? You know, as we think about them holistically, you know, what do they what, what, how do they represent our communities? And we've seen such, such impact of, of, a, of a, an event 
where we have a safety issue just have unbelievable impact. Love your love your feedback there. Well, as you mentioned, I've been very fortunate. I just celebrated my one year anniversary as a studer coach uh, this uh, week. And so through the time that I've been on uh, this side of it instead of a partner, I have got to listen to a lot of stories from um, other coaches, including yourself, you know, across the United States about things that are happening, not just school safety, but also natural disasters. Uh, you know, we've listened to stories about hurricanes down south, the wildfires in the west, and of course, tornadoes that have happened across our country and have certainly uh, experienced that firsthand in Kentucky. So through those natural disasters and safety issues, it has just reaffirmed to me something that I always felt, and that's that school and schools and college campuses are often the centerpiece of the community. Many times the school system is either the first or second largest employer in the county, uh, especially in rural areas. So when we experience times of natural disaster or crisis, these campuses uh, are often used as the hubs for gathering places, for shelter. Uh, the Red Cross may use them to set up, or we will see that they're being utilized as command centers. Our buses, uh, our cafeterias are often used uh, to transport or to provide food and shelter. So I believe that um, school district and college leaders, um, while we take the lead so often uh, in situations like that, that we really need to take the lead in addressing the tough issues of school safety. And unfortunately, many times um, I hear from partners and I also heard at the conference that they don't have opportunities to really partner with other people within their districts and that it's almost siloed. So I think that this is our opportunity as school leaders to take the initiative in this area. Uh, so important, so important, Dee Dee. So, you know, expand on that if you would and talk about what school districts do to, to build an environment that's safe for students and teachers. Because I, I think, you know, it, it's rather than sit and wait for something to happen, it's really being proactive um, to ensure we get in front of it. Talk a little bit about that. I actually look at this in four parts. And first and foremost, and I think all of the speakers that I listen to would affirm this, that relationship is the primary piece, that we need to build relationships with our kids. We want them to feel safe and secure and that if there is something going on, that there is someone that they will reach out to to see something, say something. So, Janet, for me, I think um, <clears throat> Studer has so many wonderful tools on our tool belt. And I think that it is a very easy transition for us to take some of those tools that we're currently using for different purposes and apply this to school safety. So, for instance, um, I think that you could take your administrative team, your guidance counselors, divide up uh, groups of students, very diverse groups of students, and round with them. And you might talk with those students about, tell me the place where you feel the most safe in school. Then next, where do you feel the least, least safe on our school campus and why? Through COVID, I think that so many of our kids lost touch with some trusted adults so another question that I would probably ask in rounding is then, is there a trusted adult that you feel like you could go and talk to on our campus? 
And then as always with rounding, it's so important that we follow up and follow through. And I think that you could use a stoplight report to record those concerns that we hear from students and then follow back up in a feedback loop with the students about, we heard your concerns about this place on campus uh, where you don't feel safe. And here's what we've done to address that. So I think just looking from within um, using our own tools and applying those to build those relationships with our students is hugely important and would be so easy to do. I love that, um, Dee Dee. You know, and I think about student rounding and, and the follow-up that you're talking about. First of all, excellent questions to ask them. You know, it just made me think too, is um, we could even with the follow-up bring them as part of the solution building process. Um, they probably have ideas on things that we could do better um, as teachers and leaders that would help build that safer environment and to, you know, to even to engage them in the solution building would be a phenomenal thing that we could do so that they take ownership and, you know, maybe even that peer-to-peer -peer connection with them helps them understand that that this is a, a place where where we're we're together, right? That we come together and we're we have a safe place to be as students. Absolutely. And you know, the sum is greater than the parts. And so along with the relationship building, I think that we also uh, need to look at collaboration. And, um, you know, many times we see that we are divided into silos from within our communities and agencies are working on school safety or emergency preparedness, but they are not connected to one another. So I think that through collaboration that we can offer city and county officials opportunities for training, funding, staffing, uh, you know, to support our SRO program and come together uh, when we face a crisis. We also think about reunification, that after whether a natural disaster or after something that may happen within your school, that we need a plan to reunite our students with our parents. And so that has got to come through that relationship building our collaboration with our partners I also think two other things in this area, guardianship. A guardian is obviously charged as the person or persons uh, that are responsible for the care and safety of others. Um, so as guardians, I think that we need to look at our facilities. Do we have a single point of entry? Do we have a visitor check-in system that we utilize? Are all of our doors locked? Are there multiple exits? Um, are we providing enough staff development on quick and effective responses? Um, and then that training has got to be consistent among our staff to meet those safety expe expectations and protocols. And that training needs to be communicated to law enforcement. So if they need to make entry, they will know um, how the school is responding. And then last, ownership. And that's being responsible for our part. And Janet, again, this to me is a huge area where we can apply our tools from Studer. So for instance, strategic planning. So many districts have developed a strategic plan. So is safety a pillar or is safety embedded into that strategic plan? And if it's not, I think that that's something that we need to take a very close look at because through that strategic plan, we are able to lay out our goals, the objectives of how we're going to accomplish that goal, who owns it, that's the ownership piece, and then that we are monitoring that consistently. So ownership, guardianship, uh, relationship building, 
All of those things are hugely important as we look at developing that environment that's safe for our students and teachers and staff. Yeah, so good, Didi. A, a couple of things are rolling in my mind, you know, right now. First of all, just what you were talking about with the safety pillar, the strategic plan, and then how that translates into our balanced scorecard with the safety pillar. You know, we've we've kind of put metrics on there, but we I don't think we've really tackled it from the angle that you're talking about and, you know, how I, I just I think phenomenal in terms of what we really how we really expanded our minds. The other thing that just jumped in my mind is um you know, we have a great partnership with uh, the Waukesha Municipal Government and um, with Dale Shaver and team. You know, I, I, it would be great. They, they did such a marvelous job with bringing that Waukesha community, county community together through the COVID response. Boy, I tell you, if we could really build a model, you know, getting Dale's expertise around how do we truly build what you're talking about, that collaborative approach and what does that look like and how, what, what's a model that people could follow? You know, that would that would be a, a great contribution. So just you're making my head, you know, just making me have ideas in terms of ways that we could we, we could could interconnect our own network of people that could provide great support with your expertise as well there. Absolutely. Uh, just recently, we uh, have a new partner that has come on and the partner actually reached out and said, you know, is there a playbook, a recipe book, so to speak, of things that people have already tried? Uh, that could be shared, you know, across the organization. And I think that is a great example of the district that you just mentioned and what that they have already tried and have been effective with and how that could be a model for so many others. Yeah, I agree. You know, and just in that cross section of what I think in the in your conference, you had that cross section. I'm thinking, Didi, and what you've said is, you know, with government and with schools, um, and with people in a community who need to to be proactive in solution building and, and responsive um, collectively, um, you know that's a uh, what a great what a great contribution. And you know just and and then kind of in the side note, I'm thinking, you know, as we as we leave here, you and I connect again because this would be a great next toolkit that we could provide some foundational things that you're talking about and you really provide that service as at least a, a found some foundational knowledge for how we start. So just getting back to your expertise a little bit, you've worked as a consultant on the Kentucky School Resource Officers Board and with organizations such as the Kentucky Center for Safe Schools. So obviously, we continue to talk about this as a close topic to our heart. So can you share with us your insights on what you feel schools need most when it comes to safety personnel? And how do you see those needs evolving in the wake of the recent tragedies? There are about 16,000 SROs in the U.S. And my personal belief is that the school resource officer is your lead safety personnel. And I realize that not everybody is fortunate enough to have one. But I think in this day and time, that would be my uh, encouragement, my challenge to district leaders to see if they can find that way in working with their boards and forming those other uh, relationships within their community uh, to be able to secure that position. Uh, we um, have studied a lot in the district I was in, the NASRO triad model for school resource officers. And it's a triangle that really talks about that the school resource officers are first and foremost a law enforcement agent. That if something happens, that they're there to 
uh, deal with that situation. But they also serve as mentors and counselors because many of our children, even elementary children, see police officers and maybe have already formulated opinions about them from actions that they have seen in the community, like if they're pulling somebody over to give them a speeding ticket, right? But there is so much more to law enforcement agents. And so developing those relationships between the school resource officer and being able to mentor students and provide counseling to them. Just when the school resource officer uh, hangs out in the lunchroom during lunch and just has conversation with kids or when they come to the prom, those kind of things. It's just amazing to me to see the growth from when the school resource officer starts and how those relationships are formed. And then the third part of the triad model is education. So our school resource officers can share a lot with our teachers and with students through the teaching aspect of drug and alcohol abuse or through the D.A.R.E. program. Also, uh, you know, I've watched them come in and bring the safety goggles and put on high school students that are in a driver's ed course about, you know, how drinking can impair your driving. So all kinds of tips about character education and different things like that, bullying, uh, chargeable offenses, just information about law enforcement in general is so interesting to students. And that can come best from those school uh, resource officers. Now, if a district um, cannot afford to have a school resource, resource officer for whatever reason, then I think the safety personnel uh, falls upon our staff, that they must be consistent to make sure that they are implementing all safety uh, protocols consistently and with fidelity throughout the building. So when you walk by a door, is it locked? You know, do we uh, implement every aspect of school safety that we outline at the beginning of the year? Do we remind ourselves about those things, about when we're out on the playground, uh, when we implement safety drills? I know that when I was in school and even after I became a teacher, uh, the drills that we had were fire drills and earthquake drills. Uh, so now, obviously, we have found ourselves in a situation where we have to have safety drills. So taking all those very, very seriously and implementing those with fidelity. Uh, yeah, such great suggestions, Dee Dee. And when I was teaching years ago, so um, date myself a little bit here, but I was teaching in the mid to late 80s, 1980s. So I was when I was at in the high school teaching high school math, we hired for, in the county our first resource officer. And when you were talking about the relationships, um, I still remember his name was Dale Tharp. He and I, we were relatively, he was young. I was a relatively young person and, you know, could really have great relationships with kids from, you know, from that perspective. And so one of the things that we did is we decided to um, co-coach the cross-country team together, right? And so we worked with those kids together and just, I really helped as a teacher, I was helping integrate him into our system and then build those relationships. And so we were kind of co-teaching and co-coaching together. And it was such a great opportunity for me and for him and working with the kids to build those relationships and to truly make an impact. And I'll never forget that. I mean, I, there are a lot of things that when I think back, that was a long time ago, but I'll never forget what that meant um, for us to, to collaboratively work together and to figure that out. Um, 
uh, and to and to and I I, I used him in a co, in co-teaching situations many times in my classrooms, just bringing him in and letting him just sit with us and you know contributing to the class, just building those relationships. So it was extremely valuable to me. And I know that's a long time ago, and it's continued to advance. But I just can't say enough for how we um, how we build those cross collaborative connections. Well, that's the model, and you have exemplified that uh, through what you just described. Many times, I think that um, school resource officers have a lot of training that's mandated, and it varies from state to state uh, about their role as a school resource officer and uh, how they interrelate with teachers, staff, and administrators. But I know um, in the state where I am uh, that that is not mandated for administrators. So many times uh, principals or assistant principals aren't sure exactly how to use a school resource officer. And so that has to also become part of the discussion with your um, leaders uh, in your school districts and also on uh, college campuses about the role of the school resource officer and how they can um, be infused into those classrooms, into those coaching relationships, and how they can form partnerships with school staff to have a greater impact, just like what you described. Yeah, so good. So as we close today, Didi, um, you know, let's just close with what was your biggest takeaway from from the conference? Well, as always, a great appreciation for law enforcement and also our staff and administrators and what they do to help our kids. I think what we have seen is, unfortunately, um, when things happen, it it can be human error. I think that we have all heard people say, well, it can't happen here. And I actually heard from a former principal uh, that experienced uh, a horrific school shooting. And he said, we didn't think that it could happen here. We also hear things like, well, we can't afford to implement these changes to our building. Uh, We may not have time to do some of this training. But I think my question, Janet, to all of us would be, can we afford not to do these things? Safety has to be a huge priority for us. It has to be something that we strategically think about and that we build those relationships and that we hold one another accountable Uh, to implement the things that need to happen to protect our students and our staff. I couldn't agree with you more, Dee Dee. And, you know, one life lost is too many. You know, that's one life lost is too many. And it's it's our jobs to to do everything that we can um, to make sure that that doesn't occur. And it's it's a never event. Right. Those are never events for us. So I can't thank you enough. I just appreciate the work that you've done over the years in this area and the contributions that you're bringing to our team and look forward to continuing to do more of this work and help the partner organizations that we work with and help our team learn more about how we can contribute um, to our communities in the most significant way. The work you're doing is important. Thank you, Didi. Well, thank you, Janet, again, for always being such a forward thinker and leader uh, for student education and putting this as a priority. Thank you. Absolutely. 
So thank you everyone for joining us today. I just wanted to remind you that we've got an event coming up next month. Um, it's going to be great. We're talking about it all the time. It's going to be destination high performance. It's actually right around the corner. It'll be on July 28th and 29th in, in Milwaukee. And then we have another event coming up in our hometown in Pensacola, my hometown in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, so excited to have What's Right in Education this year in Pensacola. I think uh, I've talked to a number of people and they're excited to issue. You can't be, beat the great weather in Pensacola, the beautiful place in Pensacola Beach and uh, the great weather in, uh, in October. So, And also the lineup is going to be great in terms of the pr presentations from our partner organizations and the keynotes we have. So we hope you think about joining us and and connecting with our teams. And as always, I thank you for tuning into this episode of Accelerate Your Performance. Please share this episode with a friend or colleague. Also, your feedback is valuable to us. So please take a moment to follow and rate our podcast and Apple podcast or send us a note uh, to provide additional input or, or bring us a topic or two that you're interested in. Look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.